I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Is the window still open? And the window is still open. The window is open for the recording of episode 226 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games here in this uh, sweltering San Francisco studio. So the old uh, SFS. Sweltering? Studio? Votes. I don't. How did we get to votes? One I, thing I enjoy about being like a nitpicky asshole as a kid uh-huh. is that I, I still have like the nitpick skill, except now I only use it for humor mm. instead of just to be an asshole. I don't think I've just, dis- I don't think I've figured that out yet. That distinction. No, you know, some, someday it, it, when you grow up. Okay. <laughs> My girlfriend wrote a super effective joke that is in four words. Oh yeah. I believe it's pronounced pedantry. Nice. That was her forward joke. It's a pretty good joke for four words, huh? I believe... Oh, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's five words. Yeah. Shit. That's wow. the joke. I'm so, Now it is. Shit. <laughs> oh, it I wasn't ruined it. before? <laughs> it wasn't. I'm the worst. No, no, it's... No, but you improved <laughs> Now it's two jokes. This song is just six words long, that Weird Al cover of I've Got My Mind Set on You, which is seven words long. Uh-huh. Mm. But, the, but the, that but song doesn't the, explicitly call out pedantry. Wouldn't fit the meter. <clears throat> doesn't. What about the Native American who's named Pedantry? I mean... What... <laughs> Uh, is, is, is that is that mm. not is that not acceptable? Mm. Uh, oh. mm. uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about that. Really fine. Sorry, Kevin. I can't follow you out on that limb. <laughs> yeah, it's got pee all over it. Right. <laughs> it's totally dangerous. Okay, now you reveal that you were talking about yourself. Therefore, oh, yeah. it's okay because you're exactly. making fun of yourself. Yeah. I'm one. I'm one sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yeah. You're, you're an octoroon. Yeah. I don't think that's okay. Yeah, you're probably not. Do you guys remember when, uh, in the mid to late two thousands, Dairy Queen had a product that was a mixture of chocolate and oh, vanilla right. and coffee that they that was the product was named the Moo Latte. <laughs> no like, on a national scale and everybody that i've ever talked to about that was like yes i remember that product and no i don't think that was intentional so i don't think that there's anything wrong Wait, with that name what do you mean and there is no fucking way that that was an accident yeah what how could that not have been oh because it's like a latte but with milk so it's like moo like a cow like yeah. no it's goddamn not what well so I think your opinion on this may be skewed because your brain is so pun-oriented. Um, but my sense actually is that you're right. I think they, I think it was intended. What about the tiny, like the, the super, super small latte that is, uh, the mu the, the, the latte. micro latte? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what, what about Nogger Black? The what? <laughs> That's a, you guys don't remember this? No. What, what did you say? Nogger Black. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Zach, you've got Google open. Yeah, but I'm Save me. Mulatte. I'm not trying to... How oh, right. You, okay. How do you spell it? N-O-G-G-E-R. Okay. Nogger Black. It's... Okay. What is it? It's a popsicle. 
<laughs> what? Okay. It's Swedish, at least. What okay. flavor is it? I think I think black is licorice. licorice? A licorice popsicle. So mm. if you if you search the first if you click the first Google result for uh, Moo Latte, it is this extremely helpful page in on Dairy Queen's it's site, just which is the header, header of yeah. the Dairy Queen site and no content whatsoever. It's their shame that you're seeing their shame. I, I think what I'm seeing is what I was observing at dinner, which is that web pages are increasingly just garbage. Now, in yeah, terms try of opening that on mobile. Basic functionality. I'll bet it works on mobile because that is all anyone cares about on the dev side yep. anymore. I was trying to buy something online the other day. Nope, Mocha Moo Latte still available, still for sale. The mm, coffee and rich fudge blended with creamy DQ vanilla soft serve and ice. The Moo Latte still for sale at Dairy Queen somehow. <laughs> what the fuck? Time to start a like, class action lawsuit. It, I mean, maybe, maybe the guy, maybe, maybe the corporate head who approved that is like 150 years old and doesn't realize <laughs> that's considered racist now. Yeah, it could be one of those situations where like everybody knows, but no one wants to speak up because they'll be the weirdo. Like their mind went there and they're the How only can one. Have gotten past the like. Okay, is it because people who use Twitter don't go to Dairy Queen? Is that how this gets past the outrage machine? I, that might actually be true. Could be, yeah. We could do a Twitter poll to find out right now, Zach. Have you heard of Dairy Queen? Have you heard of the Dairy Queen? Yeah, do you ever go to Dairy Queen? Have you heard of this moolatte? Do you get why you should be really angry about this? Let's see if we... If <laughs> and why have you not tweeted about this? Start a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that said, I have no idea how old this webpage is. This Like, oh, have you heard about this movie Space Jam that's coming soon, apparently? <laughs> you know. That website still works on the desktop. The Space Jam website? Yeah. I was trying to buy something on the internet. Two that's days your ago. that's your problem, right? That's my there. problem. I typed in my credit card number in the field that said credit card number, and uh, every time I submitted the field, it would blank it out and then say I couldn't submit it with a blank credit card number. I uh, I think it meant like how many credit cards are you using to purchase this? Oh, so really, it was just too long. <laughs> yeah, I was giving it like a sixteen-digit <laughs> number, and they're like, no, "You must be out of your mind because right. no one can own that many credit cards." And there aren't that many cents, <laughs> and we can't charge less than one cent per card. So, th- th- you that's your would be angry if you said that you wanted to split your bill across forty credit cards. Like if you were like two people, like right. all together, they say, nope. And then you each pull out twenty individual Just an credit entire cards. deck of credit cards, which you sit there riffle shuffling with a grin on your face. <laughs> yeah. I get I get miles on on every purchase. So yes, one mile each. <laughs> uh, also, uh, this one I have gotten custom printed with miles from Sonic. <laughs> Did I tell you about trying to uh, leave our garage the other day? No. Uh, so I was trying to run some errands in a in a in our vehicle, uh, and it it opens out onto uh, Mission Street, which is a, your vehicle a bit, does. Or the garage does, uh, and the uh, it is a busy thoroughfare. Um, every now and then, there's somebody blocking our driveway, which is a pain in the ass. Your garage is a busy thoroughfare. Yes, <laughs> your driveway is a pain in the ass. <laughs> and so uh, I open the garage door, and there is, sure enough, a car parked like just directly in front of our our driveway. 
and I honk a couple times and there's just like no movement or response. And so I like get out of the car and I go up to the, the vehicle that's blocking the way and I can see a person in there and it looks like they've sort of fallen asleep. And I like bang on the window. They do not respond. I like sort of hit the, the roof of the car. They do not respond. Like they're just like, I'm like, Oh great. Somebody has died in front of our garage. We're, we're never going to be able to leave. I go around to the driver's oh, side. That's the thing that makes you. And yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pissed right because i just want to go run some errands and i and i this look dead fuckers so blocking the way because he's dead right i uh i look at in the the driver's seat is a guy passed out uh just his head sort of like lolling forward and in his lap is a massive pile of money <laughs> i am i am guessing i'm guessing there's like fifteen hundred dollars in 20s uh, I'm calling it now. This is viral marketing that we are participating in right now. <laughs> no idea. Uh, and so, like, he does, like, <laughs> no, on the next season of Money Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Who will dare to break the window of this car and take the haul from Money Corpse? I, uh, I bang on the driver's side window, still doesn't wake up. I eventually just have to open the driver's side door, and the guy sort of, like, literally, like, turns his head. I'm like... Can you please move forward? You're blocking our driveway. And he sort of just like sort of turns his car on and pulls pulls forward. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what is going on? Did he like just get a massive score? Like just shot up some drugs in front of our apartment and then like passed out or but like still had all the money. All still all the money. Like I, I I think he was just snorting money. I think he was just huffing it. He 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 was enjoying that crisp new dollar smell. I I should have taken a picture. That, that it really was cut out the middle. It man. was fucking ridiculous. Like, I have no idea why someone just has. Was it a nice car, or was uh, it? It was a niceish car. Yeah. Okay. Was it, was it was it like a guy in a suit, or was it like no. a guy encrusted with his own filth, or was Neither. it somewhere in between? Like it was like people. somewhere in between. Okay. Sort of like me. I feel like I'm in between. I'm. Okay. Neither encrusted you're not nor quite suited. encrusted. I wouldn't say you're. I'd say you're dusted with your own filth, but not encrusted. Fair enough. And you know that suit is that suit is okay. Sure. You guys. Yeah. What have you been up to besides this pulling Treasure. out of the driveway adventure? The other night, I was trying to. I borrowed your uh, girlfriend's car without asking, and uh, was leaving the garage, and we were parked in by a cop. We had to call the police to tell them to radio the guy to move his squad car they out of the way. Called nine one one, yeah, because he was he was drinking in a bar across he the street. He was not drinking in a bar. Cr- <laughs> I, although Jim Is would he believe that. Money? <laughs> no, 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 donut jokes. Oh, wait, I, why don't you want us to jokes? <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out later. It's cool. Did you did you take that pledge as well, Jim? The, the no jokes the, pledge? No, the no cop donut jokes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was a thing. I, it, I, it's an old mystery science theater gag about... about uh, I forget if it was a Mike or a Joel bit, but getting yeah. getting getting the bots to sign a pledge to never do a cop donut yeah joke. i don't know and i don't I know like, how yeah, common that's, that's a good idea so ever since i saw that i i also yeah. have yeah not uh, it, it's suits. it's not a very good joke maybe it was once yeah it's just but one like, of those huge cliches now i i don't know I how common good jokes in there there's some there can though, be right? but like, like a lot of, I, when you say when you say cop donut joke like I think of a joke where the entire joke is that the c- cops like donuts and are eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know how commonly like understood this is, but my understanding is that like 
The reason you see cops in donut shops is that they have coffee there. Oh, I was going to say because donuts are delicious and everyone is at a donut shop. Well, sure, that too. <laughs> but, like, it's a source of caffeine that is open 24 hours. Oh, wait, why are donut shops open 24 hours? You mean like a hours? thermos? <laughs> <laughs> because the cops buy coffee there. I, I don't have a time lock on my thermos. <laughs> There's a... It, did, didn't you take the no cop thermos joke ple- pledge riff? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I I like it when you participate, Riff. This is really good. <laughs> Riff, what have you been up to? Um, I have I, I have not really been up to anything that is not a video game. So uh, I'll wait until we get to that bit. Hosted Puzzled Pint last night. Oh, it was crazy! Ridiculous turnout. I was expecting maybe forty people to show up and double that plus some. Came. It was it was ridiculous. We're gonna have to split San Francisco up into multiple teams. Yeah, and somebody somebody's gonna have to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Because, you know, what we could do is split it and like I could operate one of them and you could operate another one, but I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> that seems less fun if you don't get to hang out with yeah. your friends. Yeah. That's one thing that I like about it was <clears throat> hanging out with my friends. Yeah. The puzzles are okay. The other option is to just go back and forth between two spots that can handle a hundred people or whatever. So yeah, the problem is it has to be in a different place. It's every supposed month-ish. to be a, a different place, right? Because yeah. the part of the deal is that you solve a puzzle to figure out where it is, and then you go there. Uh, and so you can't just always do it at the same place. Have you considered? Uh, you could. You just have the... to make a lot of different puzzles that all have the same answer. Well, they make the puzzles, and it is the answer to the puzzle is like the website that lists the bar that it's at in every city. Uh, so right. it's not we, you know we don't get to make the puzzle for the location, right. and the the puzzle does not yield the location; it yields a key to uh, a location. Have you considered jacking up the price of admission? From uh, there is no, from zero to, to anything, anything but zero. Yeah. Yeah. That that might work. We we I started putting out a contribution box because a couple of the past months have been heavily color puzzle oriented, which quadruples you have to make the a bunch cost. Of color copies, yeah, yeah. it oh, makes it way more expensive, and also just a big pain in the ass. Like it makes it way worse if you run out. It yep. makes it so you can't like you have to go to a place yep. to reproduce them, and like. It's cool to sometimes have a color puzzle, but having one in color every six months would make it way more special. Is it? So here's a question. Is there such a thing as a printer that I could put in my backpack that could print color out on demand if needed? Like a super portable (laughs) color inkjet printer? It could be inkjet, could be laser, could be whatever. I don't care what it is, but like if I could make additional puzzle packets... On the fly, on like regular sized paper and stuff. Puzzle packets. So let's see. It looks like there's a HP Office Jet 100 mobile color inkjet. Pr- okay, thanks Google. Color laser printer, portable color laser printer. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Google does this thing now where it'll just like drop words from your search. Yeah, and. So, searching Amazon for portable color laser printer, everything looks like it's not quite as big as our old color laser printer, but still pretty Bulky. big. Yeah, I okay. feel like the, color the laser is, need, is gonna be big because you need they need four toner, toner cartridges, cartridges, right? Yeah. Like you have to, you have, to have four colors of lasers. You have to have four <laughs> toner. 
four toner cartridges and either an assembly for moving them around or yeah. it has to, or uh, it has to be threaded between all of them which then means you need four drums i wonder if the the technical oh, problem is is more that it, it draws a lot of power, like more than a USB device would. I mean, I would plug it in. Like we yeah. could probably get power. Oh, so not not one that's like for portable use, but just small right. enough to be movable in a backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Color laser jets are like two hundred bucks now, though. So that's that's you know, when we bought, huh? When I bought the one that we had at the office for many years, which I eventually just threw away because I mean it worked. Did I didn't it throw work? it away. I like took it to the electronics recycling the place that they they it's more reused than recycle they like give them if you give them a computer they will like give it to a school that needs it or use it to like teach kids about computers or something theoretically um so i just dropped that printer off there it's it was huge it was like really really large and heavy i used it to make a lot of halloween costumes what um what are, I guess we can look at the cost of the consumables for color laser because if it is like even twenty cents a copy, it would probably be worth. It would probably it would pay for itself in a couple of months of. Yeah, to just buy. <clears throat> I mean, just to be able to print them out ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we could also just keep doing it very close to the apartment, so that if we needed to make more copies, somebody could just come back to the apartment and do it. True, but you know. Or leave the printer in the car. I mean, a plug-in printer, you can take it, you can take it into a bar. You always see a cool guy at a bar with a printer. <laughs> sure. Printing out some puzzles. <laughs> like almost everyone in that bar last yeah, night. Yeah, well, cause we took, we had so many people, we took over the whole building. It was great. Just walking around out there and it was like, dork, 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 <laughs> dork, dork. Everywhere a dork. Oh man. It just occurred to me, you could do- totally 3D print cocktails. Huh? That would be something you'd see in a bar. Like the glass and then the beverage? No, just the... Well, you you could just have, like, prefabricated glasses and then just the beverage. Just the beverage. You, oh, if you're not, you if have not, a little booth you get in and they scan your head. They right. give you give you your drink and a glass shaped like your own head. Oh, that'd be mm. great. Uh, I've seen a Kickstarter, at least for a sort of auto auto bartender that was like, you put your favorite boozes in these like six cylinders and yeah. you tell it what cocktails you want and yeah. it will hmm. mix them for you. And then so you that's, can that's chase it around town yeah, yeah. and it'll it, shoot it, super mutants it, for it you. It lays you <clears throat> down in layers. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can you make that can you get that guy as a companion? Uh I believe you cannot get him as a companion, but you can decide not to give him to the people who ostensibly own him and send him home to your base instead. Oh. Huh. I wish I had done that. Can you get a super mutant as a as a companion? You yes. can. Yeah. Yep. Does it just kill everything? Yeah, he's a guy. This one, he's a strong guy. His this name one's is finally strong. stupid. At least, like I feel like they have really overplayed the oh, this is the one smart super mutant. Yeah. Way too many times, and they do it in this one too. Have you? Yeah, did you meet- but that that's that guy's. I don't know. It's reasonable that that guy is a smart super mutant considering his story. Yep. What what makes the super? I don't know anything about the like the Superman. FEV, the forced evolution virus. Okay, it I don't know though. It turns a man into a cave troll. Okay, it, can they breed? They must be able I to believe breed, not. right? I, I I think it is canon that they're sterile. I but, th- so then, I think, why are there still so many of them? Do they just live a really long time? If they I survive? think they might be nigh immortal, and I think that 
the reason that there are a bunch of them in this particular game is that the Institute was making them. Oh, yeah, right. Presumably you can just keep making more. Yeah. Or, like, if there are, if there is just some of the FEV laying around, yeah, that you'd make more happens. by accident. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, people are like, oh, what's this goo? I'll yeah. inject what's this it. tasty lime sauce? Well, gosh, we don't want to start talking about Fallout 4 until we've done the listener's mail segment with mail from the listeners. Jolly Red Giant says, Episode 225 had a discussion about roguelike traits, and you all agreed a character avatar is essential. What about FTL? That is a fucking great question. Wow, huh. Yeah. I don't consider FTL a roguelike. Why not? Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, permadeath. Randomly generated levels, although I think that it is charitable to just... Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually, to yeah. me, is more important than the... ship not the, your avatar? Yeah, that? That, that's actually more important to me than that That there's no, like, person. It's that my problem with it as a roguelike is that there, you're not exploring a space. I mean, you... You're exploring, I, you are exploring I, space. I yeah, thought, no, I've heard I that one before. That, <laughs> it's cool. I thought that, too. But, so, you're, you are exploring... A graph of nodes, yep. which is all a NetHack level is. Yeah. And you are... It's you're not you're interesting. Moving to, right, but it is... I mean, that's that can't be the criteria, right? Like, oh, this is a... Can't so, it? a graph of nodes that I like yeah. makes something a roguelike. <laughs> a graph of nodes that I don't like makes it not a roguelike. I, I would argue that you are the ship. Well, I did start this argument with on the premise that I'm an asshole. Sure. So... You are, you are the ship's asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> The exhaust. <laughs> that's yeah. such a good. That's a good position. You gotta. You gotta hire that guy. as like the the you know the royal jester. Yep. I. Do you feel like you ever identify with the people in the ship? No, there's that's like it's not like there's one of them that's me. Right. You know, I, you're you're a sort of like disembodied commander figure. It's like I mean, yeah. I would almost say, I mean it. So FTL is just a real-time strategy game, right? With, like, a weird campaign select menu, which looks like space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did discuss last time the idea of um, a roguelike, which is based on, like, Bioware's party-based RPGs, for example. Right. I was thinking about the thing that I said about your response to the question of genre, like, why is sci-fi not a genre of a video game? And, like, it is because we define the genre of a video game by how it plays as opposed to what it's about. Right. And, like, why is that? Why don't we just have a different word than genre for that? Because the thing that I was thinking was that, like, the Talos principle and Braid are more similar than Braid and Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. But... Braid and Super Mario Brothers are both platformers. Yep. Right. So that is not actually the I most mean, meaningful distinction. And yeah. why doesn't genre have more to do with is, sort of tone and character well, of, I, I of interaction? If you if you want to classify games by the way you interact with them, I would say Braid is like puzzle platformer with emphasis on puzzle. Um puzzle platformer instead of puzzle platformer yeah is is talus principle like super mario 64 or something like no no it's more like portal another puzzle platformer well that's what i'm saying like isn't is i have not played talus principle yet so like does it involve portal is a platformer 
Definitely. You're jumping around on platforms. Yeah, well... I mean, a first-person. It's a first-person puzzle platformer. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess if, like... I don't know, what is Psychonauts... Psychonauts is a fucking platformer, it's actually. That's what's platformer. wrong with it. It is. That is the problem with Psychonauts. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh... Psychonauts 2... Yep. It's, ah, it's gonna. I, I just don't. I'll I'll play it. Yeah. I think I might actually back it. I I want it so bad that I will put some money. It's gonna happen either way. I don't like, care. Like I've I I I well, I believe like in the project. The, you'd like to see the dev journals and stuff or yeah. whatever. I'm sure. There, I'm there, sure there is some stuff that you'll be interested. in. The documentary. In there are two episodes out already, and this just free for everyone. Yeah. Sure. They, they, I feel like they, those, they said the that they learned from the yeah. Double Planet Adventure documentary. Those they, are both great, by the way. Okay. I, you know, Gary Butterfield was tight. So we need to have, we need to have the episode of Video Games Hot Dog, which is not a normal mainline episode, but a, but a little <laughs> Video Games Hot Dog Gaiden, where we argue about which of the 3D Fallout games are oh, the yeah. best. And we need, we need Steve Gaynor, we need Gary Butterfield, but then we need somebody else to be on that idiot Butterfield side <laughs> of the argument oh, really? so that we're not just all ganging up on him. So we need somebody else who is an outspoken f- New Vegas enthusiast. Mm-hmm. So wait, we're, 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 this discussion is just which of three in New <laughs> Vegas is better? Three, f- I think what it is is three, in what Vegas. order yeah. are three, four, and New Vegas okay. in, ter- in in quality? Because I think Riff says four, three, New Vegas. I say three, four, New Vegas. Gary says f- New Vegas four, four three. three. Yeah. And and I think uh, what does yeah. Gainer say? He, Gainer agrees with me. Well, mm. then we can't. We, we yeah, need, he, everyone he, has he to have a different just, ordering. Well, then I he, won't be on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm surprised that you like. I mean, like, because I totally agree with you that three is better than New Vegas, but I don't get what you think makes three better than four. It was the one that he played when he was it, still a teenager. It, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, so that's why I like Mike better than Joel. Yes. <laughs> I also like Mike better than Joel. No. Does not doesn't everybody like Mike better than Joel? No. <laughs> really? That's that's one of the huge classic internet fights. Oh wow. Yeah. It's like sitting up or sitting down or standing up to wipe <laughs> <Yeah>. or. <laughs> Declawing your cat acceptable versus declawing your cat, you should be incinerated. I saw a bumper sticker about declawing cats. Okay. But was it, it about seemed, how it's awesome? It seemed like it was a joke. I, I actually have this memory of seeing a bumper sticker that was a joke about how people on Metafilter feel about declawing cats. <laughs> But it can't be, okay. right? That can't be it w- a well, thing that I blue? saw. <laughs> mm. Did it anyway. have a professional white background? I So, yeah, and, you know, Sleep, That's Where I'm a Viking is the mm. other classic. I haven't gone back and read that in a while. <laughs> I think I probably should. I used to really enjoy reading, like, flamey comment arguments on metafilter but i've i think i've become too soft (laughs) i remember during the the ps3 and xbox 360 launches i remember 4chan being really entertaining 
like the the video game forum there just the the complete like meltdown and in the the rage of all the the fanboys on either side going back and forth that's a time that that I would revisit if I had the chance hmm. I was never able to get that enthusiastic about arguments like that it was always like really well, divisive that's part political of f- things or yeah. things that were actually meaningless well that that's actually the well, that's, that's what i was going to say is that that's that's part of the fun is that it is basically meaningless i mean i guess like xbox versus ps3 is pretty meaningless i feel like that is less meaningless than like do you sit down or stand up to wipe your ass Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that one is less people getting mad at each other, but just neither side believes that the other side exists. <laughs> uh-huh. And so it is just an entire thread full of people that think the other side is fucking with them. You're right. Oh. And no one wants to post a video. <laughs> no, and nobody would want to see it if right. they did, right? Right. It's Metafilter. <sighs> Man, remember Metafilter. I was on Metafilter the other day. Yeah, it's still pretty good. I still go to it basically every day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Cunning Gabe writes, any of you folks doing Mystery Hunt this year? Despite graduating from MIT, I never participated, but I'd love to be a remote solver sometime. Is there a team of KOL or video games hot dog players? I think you would be welcome on uh, my team, which is uh, Death and Mayhem. We we have a uh, a robust system for remote solvers. When uh, the, since, when we get closer to the time, we should just say on the website how people can get in touch with you. To you probably should just email get me. Get that set up. Kevin at asymmetric.net. Kevin at asymmetric.net. You have to spell asymmetric correctly, which will put you in the like 90th percentile of people. Uh, I don't know. There's probably there's probably a lot of asymmetric. Uh, people out there yeah, we really should just get asymmetric.net we really should like it is it not taken already uh, i don't know i can't imagine that's a good question well i guess okay i guess it could have been taken by somebody who doesn't know how to spell no <laughs> this webpage is not available you know what i'm gonna go to hover.com and i'm gonna buy asymmetric.net right now that's this, this is like a an ad for hover yeah all of our corporate sponsorships 13 dollars a friend of mine is in a band called Gray for Days. Okay. And I forget which spelling of gray it is, but... It's they re- probably the wrong one. They registered both domains, and if you go to the wrong one, the one they didn't use... Yeah. It, uh, there's an animation in the title that flips over the uh, E or the A to be an A or an E. So here's a question. Did they get the other two, which are D-A-Z-E? D- D-E-Y-S and D-A-Y-S. No, D-A-Z-E. No, I don't think so. Oh. Well, see, they're they're missing out on some further opportunities. I did tell Victor the other day that uh, we needed a new command in the scripting language that was gray option uh, for a grayed out dialogue option. And I said, then make an alias for it for whatever other spelling of gray, because I don't I don't remember which one I like. Uh-huh. So I don't know how I spell gray. Well, G-R-A-Y is the one I prefer, mm-hmm. but I feel like G-R-E-Y is a slightly different color. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. It's like a warmer color. Okay. You know, gray, gray is colder and gray is warmer. Uh-huh. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Now that the question has been posed, I don't know which one I use more. I guess I just pick one at random every time. Why is it that we have two spellings of a word that we is just okay? Like, 
That it's doesn't, probably some speaking of British okay, American English thing. There's more than one spelling of that too. It's crap. There's multiple ways to represent okay, right? Because there's that you spell it out. You have just okay. You have o dot k dot. Uh huh. In like in, old in, uh, old uh, 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 Raymond Chandler novels, you occasionally see it spelled okay e y. Yeah. Oh, I was I was gonna bring up um. The Witness, the Infocom game, which spells it O-K-E-H. Huh. Ugh. Huh. Is it The Witness, or is it just Witness? I, I don't remember. I think it might just be it's Witness. You. It might just be Witness, yeah. Okay. Asymmetric.net is ours. Cool. All anyway, right. That, so I'm glad I did that. Yeah, Kevin at Asymmetric.net, although we're going to have to figure out how to get that set up. Yep. Email, man. It doesn't work. Cunning Gabe also says, Hey, Kevin, how many correct responses do you usually get to the Friday puzzles in the web form? I need to know how good to feel when I get one right. It is... It varies a lot from week to week. Uh, it's as it's as little as one or two and as many as seven or eight. Are you counting yourself? No. I think I have only ever solved one Friday puzzle and I frequently just don't bother there, trying there's a couple that i feel like you would have appreciated had you yeah. known i should probably just cue you cue to the ones that i think you'll like yeah i would appreciate that i just can't spend the time on it every week during the week the way that i did for the first few these yeah. are uh, kevin's twitter puzzles available at twitter.com slash puzzle theory yeah which are very cool and popular and take up a lot of kevin's time <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm 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 having a harder and harder time coming up with the Friday puzzles. Hmm. So, that's not a good sign. You can start just reusing them. Well, I could I could break down and start using ciphers, which I think would open up the possibility space a lot. Hmm. Ben Thomas Moore says, Riff was trying to think of Glass House by Charles Strauss last week. Also, has Jim read the third of Vinge's Zones of Thought book? Children of the Sky 2011 is about the human refugees on the Tynes planet and the Pac-Mind aliens. Yeah, Ooh. I read that one and it was... So, the, the, the those two books in the Zones of Thought series, the first two were both um, very, like, action-adventure and... and um, high concept sci-fi and that's kind of what I was into about them. And the third one is like you, when you, when you make a sequel to, to a story, you kind of have to go where the story has taken those characters. And sometimes that's a very different kind of story. Right. And the third book is just like, it's, it's a, it's about political intrigue. Mm -hmm. Which is not nearly as interesting to me. I thought you liked political intrigue. Political intrigue? Yeah. No. Okay. No, maybe you I must be that. thinking of someone else. No, I, I, I think maybe I just had it backwards. Okay. Yeah. You don't like political intrigue. <laughs> that's right. That's me. <laughs> yep. That's. A... <laughs> okay. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the video games that we've been playing in yeah, our video game playing careers? Sure. Who wants to go first? I can start. Do it. Uh, so I've, I played a bunch of games, uh, a lot of them for the IGF, and I didn't make a list about which ones it was okay to talk about, so I'm not going to talk about uh, any of them that have not already just been released to the public. Um, 
Uh, have you guys played Dark Echo? Yeah, I played that. Uh, didn't Riff uh, talk about that? Familiar. I, yeah, I, I talked. Ago. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, yeah it's good. Where you tap and the yeah. one shoot off. Yeah. Yep, that's good. I was frustrated by it. Really? Well, just by like, I played like fifteen levels of it, and they didn't get any more interesting. There, there are secrets, and there it it keeps adding mechanics. It were it was adding mechanics, but they didn't like actually change things not in any meaningful way to me i didn't find any secrets so that's interesting yeah there's definitely there's definitely stuff that's like hidden which is cool yeah how far are you into it 25 or 30 levels somewhere in there yeah maybe i'll pick it up again um i played all the way through the room three which was not an igf game but um and i enjoyed that a lot i thought it was really well done is there actually a room in that one it's a bunch of different rooms but it's the rooms. still just called the rooms. The rooms three. Okay. Yep. Uh, what else did I play? I played uh, Lara Croft Go, also not an IGF game. Oh yeah, they uh, uh, they patched the, it with the new levels. Yeah, they patched it with a new zone. Uh, something that I appreciated was that I had deleted it because it was a really large game, uh, and so I downloaded it again, and it didn't remember my progress, which was fine. Uh, but it also just let me play the new levels without having to like play the whole game. Yeah. Um, it like, and it gives you a warning. It's like, we recommend you play through the whole game before you do this because it is super hard and doesn't teach you anything about how to do stuff. Right. Yeah. It just drops you right into it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's again, super, super well designed and the puzzles are like actually really challenging and, and engaging, um, yeah. but totally possible. Like I didn't get too far into it, but I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was well done. The, the new mechanic that I saw was, um, Snakes that come back to life after you, a few turns after you kill them. Yep. Yep. There's like a. How does that work? Immortality. They're like, they break up and then reform. They're like made of. Worms? Made of molten rock or something. Oh, they're, they're magical red snakes. snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Shit. My phone just turned off. Were there other supernatural elements in Lara Croft? There was the Co? giant dragon. Oh, I didn't get that far. It's not really supernatural, though. They were like, you would pick like up lizard. jewels without being anywhere near them. <laughs> okay, well, would you do that? I mean, you know, you could I just could. swipe your finger and a woman would do exactly what you wanted her to do. Uh-huh. They, like, it's not... That, that. I don't think the player's actions in the U.S. There were numbers floating in the sky. Yeah, I like, I like the like, idea. I think we talked about this when we talked about Lara Croft Go. I like the idea that, like, you were... It's actually the player collecting the jewels and not the and character. I, yeah. Right. So there's nothing super. Th- that was my point, though. There's, there's nothing supernatural going on from Lara's perspective, only from your perspective. Well, the, the jars where you're are like breaking. a weird magic god. Yeah. She doesn't react to them breaking. No, them, does she. But I think she, I think she's just Seems frozen like in time. Pissed, isn't she an arch? No, I guess she's a raider, not an archaeologist. Right. Tomb archaeologist would be a good game. Yeah, you just, you just slowly, br- slow yeah, just game. really, really <laughs> slow, tedious. <laughs> right. Like, don't interfere with anything. Mm. Yeah, and then I played a game called Good Pizza, Great Pizza, which I can't really recommend. It's cute and kind of charming, but what kind of game is it? It is a game where customers come up to you and order a pizza and you have to make it for them it's and like a diner dash kind of i guess like you it's a diner dasher you you know you they, you get some pizza dough and then you spread toppings on it and based on what they ask for and they like their orders get more increasingly complicated it's like 
I'd like I'd like a pizza. I'd like a supreme pizza, but on half of it, I don't want olives. On the other half, I don't want cheese. That kind of thing. Okay, I was thinking like like the mini game in the logical adventure of the Zumbinis. Okay, where like the only feedback you get is more toppings, or there's something on this I don't like, and you have to just like figure out what they want based on those two clues. Wow, no, that's uh, that's not it at all. But people will ask, like, people will just say things and you're like, I don't know what you're ordering because you're, you're being cute or whatever. Right. Like, yep. A chizzy, chizzy extra O or whatever. And you're like, what the fuck? There's no <laughs> stop being out. cute button. Get out of my restaurant. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, like it is, it is charming. I think it's a great thing. Like if you just want to like zone out and just make a bunch of pizzas, I really, uh, if it was Pizza Hut branded, you could zone out. You could. <laughs> I, I really wanted to eat some pizza after playing for a while. <laughs> like it really made me just, I was kind of pissed at anybody that ordered toppings on their pizza that like I wouldn't want on a pizza and was really psyched <laughs> for the people that would like get like a, a an all meat pizza. Like, who the fuck wants onions on their goddamn pizza? A lot of people. Uh, I do. Yeah, no. I, Stop I, that's it. Common. Stop it. What's wrong it's, with you? They're, they're they terrible. So I feel like I feel about green peppers the way that you feel about onions. I like, but like, I also feel that way about green peppers. Green, green peppers, peppers ruin onions. a pizza. They, they yeah. ruin to me. A pizza. Onions, onions not do not. Oh, God. I like cooked green peppers. I just don't like the. I don't like that half cooked, crunchy bullshit. Also, <laughs> when my mom started, one of the bailiffs at the jail where my dad was the sheriff bailiff was a giant uh, the bald jailers. man he would cook chili for everybody and he, st- he put green peppers in the chili and my dad was like ah oh, this is really good delbert thank you for teaching me this i'm gonna tell my wife the next time that she makes chili that she should put green peppers in it so then every goddamn pot of chili that my mom made for the rest of my dad's life at least had fucking green peppers in it, and it was just ruined I was so mad at Delbert. What, what about like jalapenos? <laughs> Not at your dad, though. Uh, you know, you know, it wouldn't have done any good. Like, you can be mad at <laughs> Delbert. Do any you good anyway? <laughs> if you cut them up real small, you wouldn't notice them. I think. Well, because they would soften up. If you just pureed them, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just it's like chewing on batteries. <laughs> green peppers? Wow. Yeah, you just don't like green peppers at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I don't, but I like red peppers. I'll just sure. eat those raw. Like huh. an apple, yeah. yeah. And I think Red they taste better. Delicious. Okay, yeah, but green peppers just—they—they they taste like licking a battery. Like it's—they—they they have this huh. like. I wouldn't, huh? It's like chewing on tinfoil. I wonder if you have a genetic disorder. Them, but huh? This I, is like my Cheez-Its taste like copper, copper thing. Yeah, or your friend's bananas, the tingly fruit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a straight-up allergy that she didn't know about. So. Oh okay. wow. She really liked bananas because they were so tingly, and and then it was like it became very clear that she was just allergic to bananas, and she probably did stopped it, eating them. Did because, it keep getting worse over the course? Yeah, of it, yeah. It was eventually it was a, it was eventually going to kill her. Probably. So it was like a carbonated fruit. That sounds amazing, right? That exists. I, what? <laughs> yeah, there. I've seen them in grocery stores rarely, but somebody figured out a way to like carbonate an apple. I've never tried. Oh, them, like grapes. Yeah, kind are of. Are you sure that they, that's I mean, grapes? Grapes are just apples with like they, artificial been, grape flavoring and sugar in injected grape, into yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get you could probably do the same thing, but inject pop rocks into an apple, <laughs> and it would be like, oh, check it out, it's a carbonated apple. 
Like, no, that's just an apple and Pop Rocks. It's a do-it-yourself carbonated apple where it comes with an apple and a bag of Pop Rocks. <laughs> yeah, like dipping Dots. You mix it in your mouth. <laughs> comes like an apple and, and one of those CO2 cartridges you put in Pinewood Derby cars. You put in your mouth, yeah. yeah. Wait, why do you put a CO2 cartridge in a Pinewood Derby car? <laughs> yeah, Riff. Oh, you! I feel like you are, are you cheating. The, are you no? The, are you still the ones be, where there are rules? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you're used to the gravity-based ones. Yeah. What, no, the, what are the non-gravity-based ones? Did you just, have rocket use, pinewood derbies? Well, I I personally did not, but I maybe it was went the to cargo. One, I saw one. I was not. I did not participate in one, but yeah. You said it was the cargo? Yeah. You, like, oh, it's like Pinewood Derby semi-trucks yes. hauling, <laughs> hauling a tankers of CO2. Yeah. Yeah, I only did the pine, the gravity Pinewood Derby. I just want to apologize if I, was, I startled anybody awake with my pizza ordering voice. <laughs> What's your pizza ordering voice? You're Too many crazy. toppings. <laughs> Not <laughs> enough toppings. <laughs> More toppings. Wait, so are you, is your that assumption is that people are... Talk? Uh, there was, in the PC version at least, there was uh, there was voice. I backed the Kickstarter for the reboot of Zumbinis, even though I never played it, just because I was like, oh, this looks like a cool thing. Sure. And then I have a build of it on my iPad that I've yet to play. I've, I think I have played it on your iPad, actually. Oh, well... Uh, so Did you figure out the pizza? Puzzle? Your contention, Jim, is that people only listen to our show while they are falling asleep. Well, I, I know that pe- some people This do is why that. you think people can't co- like write in, because they're already asleep by the time we get to the end of the show and we explain how That's to... That's why we don't have any listeners mail on any shows. Right. Okay. That is a problem. Jim, my girlfriend suggested that you and I do a, a podcast, an additional podcast, where we just sort of very quietly talk about video games... And it's like the video games lullaby podcast. And maybe we don't even necessarily talk about our feelings about them or anything because we wouldn't want to get into an argument. Objective you know? facts. Just, about yeah, just state some facts about what's going on in the world of video games this week. You could list you could list all the video games that, that came, came out. out this week. Yeah. yeah. You could look at you could read some review scores. You could you could just read a list of the we headlines to, from Rock Paper Shotgun. We need to be careful not to be accidentally like video, entertain each other. Video games <laughs> lullaby. Then where voices might raise. Well, I can always fix that in post. <laughs> Plus, I bet we'd get pretty good at it. Uh huh. I, I bet we would. Couldn't you just have a computer that uh, that just did slowly reduced the volume over time? Yeah, that that would be the other thing. <laughs> slowly reduce the volume over time, and then it ends with just a blood curdling scream. <laughs> I, no, think, <laughs> I think we would have to record this on a BART train. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think that my voice is really nasal and obnoxious. Oh, that's just how it sounds inside your head. No, it's how it sounds when I'm listening to it, editing too. Inside your head. Hmm. Okay, good point. <laughs> I don't know if I've pointed this out, but I when I listen to the podcast, one thing that I'm really pleased by is that all four of us have distinctive voices. Yeah. So like you you don't have the problem where like two people sound the same and you're never sure who's talking. Yeah, yeah. People confused me and Riff a lot. Yeah, the beginning, yeah. Huh. Well, I think people who are new, right? Doesn't it's not a question of beginnings. Well, we don't even from new people we don't. At least as far as I know, we don't get a lot of comments about that anymore. Whereas we used to. I wonder if it's. The difference of recording over Skype or something. Oh, that's possible. It could just be that you never talk, Riff. <laughs> oh my god, what am I doing? I mean, I can definitely <laughs> tell the difference between all of our voices, this? but Did I'm I one of us. How to right. Talk out loud? Oh, Does somebody no. hear something? Nope. 
It's got this weird, like, I, psychic... I get the feeling I'm, like, in a Half-Life game with a silent protagonist. <laughs> Have you played any Half-Life? Uh, not this week. This week, I, I saw I, I, um... There's a new version of NetHack. 3.6, the first version in, like, 11 years. Yeah, but it oh, didn't yeah. change yeah. anything. Yeah. That was, like, yeah, everybody was, like was so excited about this update, but it's like, nope. Just uh, We're just saying we... Move from one open source bullshit framework to some other open source bullshit framework. I'm sure you're all thrilled. Yeah. And I, then I, some, like we in all of the actual gameplay changes in the patch notes were just like jargon that I didn't understand because I don't like follow yeah, NetHack. Yeah. The, the patch notes were like, we incorporated the auto pickup throw patch from so and so. Like this is for written for people who who follow the nitty gritty the inside baseball of NetHack patches. Yeah, I played it for like an hour. I didn't no, notice any differences. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, apparently. I didn't see that. <laughs> gnomes, I, like gnomes sometimes carry candles. Uh, squeaky floorboards now play oh, yeah, the, a variety of musical notes. Yeah, this you, it says you now you hear a squeak in G. Instead of just saying you hear a squeak, I think it's so that, like, in case there's two floor squeaky floorboards, you can tell the difference. I I did notice that difference. Uh, it <laughs> Another thing that might be different is that um, I didn't have to configure anything to have a reasonable game, whereas I'm accustomed to downloading NetHack and, like, spending 15 minutes, like, you know, diving into the configuration file to make things behave reasonably all i ever did was alter the auto pickup so that it would automatically pick up yeah you uh, can toggle gold that gold and st- like i think that was it right okay just gold i think that is the default now oh is it okay i always turn off auto pickup you can toggle it with that sign it's a pro tip if you want to auto pick up sometimes Doesn't and not other times at sign open the console sort of or is that pound uh, that opens the pound uh, starts special commands. Oh, the like text parser, right? Thing, man, NetHack is a disaster. <laughs> it's, a, it's certainly a UI disaster. And so, what I <laughs> the the thing that I um wanted to know, and I found out after playing for like forty five minutes, is if they fixed floating eyes because floating eyes are and have been bullshit for decades, uh, and they have not fixed floating eyes. So NetHack is still a broken garbage game. What uh, what would be required to fix them um they well removing them would work genocide yeah (laughs) um uh a warning so that you don't accidentally run into them because they're like the darkest color on the screen yeah like it will tell you if you accidentally attack a friendly character which is objectively less of a bad idea than accidentally attacking a floating eye but it won't tell you are you sure you want to melee attack this floating eye i mean because like, I feel like that's a thing that a naive player knows that you don't want to attack your friends, but you don't right. know what this floating eye is going to do. I I have held my ground, I, I think that you will be happy to know, for 13 years, every time anyone has suggested a situation in KOL where the player gets stunned, uh, I have said, no, we don't want that. Yeah. Because that is like the opposite of fun. Yeah. You're, and it was just, sort of, just don't do anything for five minutes. That sounds like a great idea. And you're probably just going to watch the world kill you. Right. While you're paralyzed in NetHack. Yep. Yeah. It, I could definitely understand the argument for leaving it in. Right. Because it is a thing that you learn. 
it's a thing that you learn, but then like you need to spend that. once you've learned it, like the value of being able to accidentally hit a floating eye is now just you just have to pay incredibly close attention before making any movement. And that's just boring. Like, I mean, that's NetHack, though, right? At, like, the reason that I was never going to be any good at NetHack is because I just don't have the patience to be that careful about every move. Right, but most of the time you don't have to be that careful about every move. The consequences are almost never that severe. Like, I, it's, it's, it's like driving. It's like w- w- one second out of every million in when you're driving, you need to really be pay- paying close attention or you die. You know, um... Except they did it on purpose in NetHack. They just like, oh, this is how life is is going to be because we think that's fun. So you're saying you, you drive with your eyes closed? Not in not in three point six. He drives mm-hmm. no because he has ESP and he's blindfolded. So right, it's, yeah. It's that's, okay. I just have he has well, ESPN. except for driverless cars, like, you're going to be fucked. Oh my god! <laughs> when driverless cars become <laughs> okay. a thing, well, <laughs> it's a good thing Ray Kurzweil is working at Google, so we can give those cars consciousnesses. Wow, is he? <laughs> yeah. Ah oh, man, I'm going to be sad when he dies. What what is he producing if, that is making you happy on uh, an ongoing basis? A certainty that immortality will be discovered before he dies. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Was he working at like the Google Longevity Project or whatever, or Alphabet's Alphabet Life Plus or whatever L. it is? <laughs> Life Plus. No. <laughs> Why did we name it this? Ah, <laughs> uh, immortality wave. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't think anything, I don't think he's talked about what he's been working on. And he probably there, works on some secret project. It's probably, like, it's he, probably he, a it's, secret lunch. It's probably project. that, yeah. That's, that's the thing. I mean, Elon Musk is rapidly trying to cure aging, and apparently you can cure it by getting a bunch of facelifts. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I played some more Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm. Uh, the part I played this time was vastly different from the part I played the first session. Uh, the first session was like a completely linear scripted mission. Uh, the second session was uh, running around an open world. I think it's Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a lot like if you took Far Cry 3 and made stealth a lot more important. It's actually pretty fun. Okay. Which I was not expecting. Um and then after that, like after doing some missions, I I had another long ass cutscene, and then I was deposited in uh, an entirely new section of the game. So like this this just reinforces the idea that this game has everything in it, um, which is my the mother base where, where apparently that I'm going to be spending the rest of the game like up like upgrading it, and hopefully at some point. Uh, Engaging in combat with enemies in it, because otherwise that's a waste of a good space. Um, so you you actually want it to be attacked? Yeah, for just because that's interesting gameplay. Okay. Um, and what what good is a, a safe space if you don't take it away from the player at some point? Um, it was interesting how like because systems have to make coherent sense the more systems-driven parts of the game just were, like, a lot more straightforward and, like, oh, this is just another video game than the cutscenes. Um, 
because the 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 magical realism military cutscenes like that that stuff just kind of almost went away. There was li- there were little bits of it like there was a uh, little spaces for gameplay jokes in there like I, I I'm interpreting this as a joke even though I don't know for sure that it was like the the Mil- Metal Gear Solid games have had a knock button where you can knock on the wall to attract an enemy's attention. Um and in this game knocking is like you like do it with your like in the air with your bionic arm, like you make a knocking noise with your bionic arm instead of knocking on the wall. And that the serves the purpose uh-huh. of like both being hilarious and you can do it anywhere, not just on a wall. Hmm. Is this the first Metal Gear game where you've been outside a lot? I don't know. Snake know. Eater was mostly outside. Was Snake? Well, I mean, that's where they are. Was yeah. Snake Eater? Them, you. Uh, was Snake Eater um, a, a linear game? Was was the outside yeah, stuff an open world yeah, kind of a thing? No, it was more or less. I mean, you could backtrack and go back to a place if you wanted, but I feel yeah. like it was mostly linear. Right. Okay. If I recall correctly, I never actually played it myself, but I've watched Chip Cheesem's LP of it several times. Yeah, so. and when I say linear, like that's kind of being a little bit uncharitable. I remember Metal Gear Solid. You could. Yeah. You had pretty free run of the base at that by the end of it, at least. Yeah. Uh, but it was never like what I would call open world. But yeah, it, it it's it's interesting. Like I I didn't think I would keep playing it, but I I am gonna keep playing it again. Um, I'll see what happens when. Like I I guess my philosophy for gaming these days is just like as long as a game keeps showing me interesting things, I'll keep playing it. Um. And it's it hasn't run out of good stuff yet. Um, I one of the reasons I I started playing it was people kept talking about like attaching balloons to things and flying mm-hmm. them away. <laughs> That's not in the game yet, but it happened in a cutscene, huh? Where like the horse I was riding around when we when we back to went back to Mother Base, like out of the corner of the eye of of the the camera eye, like you you leave the the horse behind you get in a helicopter you the helicopter flies away and then like in the corner of the screen you see the horse being airlifted out of there on a weather balloon or whatever it is <laughs> which is pretty funny because you can just attach it to like any creature right yeah basically or or vehicle okay yeah so i've heard it's not something i've had a chance to to try yet that's awesome that you haven't even gotten to one of the like signature systems in the game yet. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's been I've been playing for like three hours now, like two one and a half hour sessions or so. Another thing that's weird about this is that like every time I boot it up, I'm paging through like seven eulas. Every time. Every time. Huh. Like, well, by by that I mean both times. Sure. And uh, like, the and and it tells you like the online patch notes. It's very strange. Like the 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 onboarding, if that's the word, um, experience for this game is just, I I it it was very unusual to see that in a any game in any consumer facing product. I mean, I sort of feel like the user experience of playing any console game in the last like ten years is it's gotten, just straight up garbage. It's gotten a lot worse. Well, and it used to be. I mean, now it's worse than it is on PC, which is like weird. Because the whole point of a console is that it's supposed to be frictionless. Yeah, it it's gotten to the point where like it's if you when you boot up a, a cartridge in an NES, 
it's just shocking that the game just comes up right away. Yeah. Like yeah. you power it on, that's, there's that the game. That's how I felt when I was playing uh, old Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on right. on original hardware. Right. And like it's it's one thing when like okay, it has to load off the disc and that sucks, but if that was all it was doing, that would be forgivable, but like you have to wait for the the console itself to boot up first and then you probably have to wait for the console to patch. And then you probably have to wait for the game to patch. Yeah. And when it's the first time, yeah, it's, but, but what was weird about this was not like, was not, was that in addition to that stuff, uh, this game, um, and on, and on 360, you can't even play it on a, on a, on a 360 it doesn't have a hard drive. Like, even if you have a big memory card, it says, nope, you need a hard drive and it won't even boot. Um, but, uh, in addition to the usual patch stuff, it was just like, here's like seven pages of text for you to read. It was very strange. Uh, once you get into the game, it's like a lot more what you would expect, though. You know, the thing that was the most remarkable to me watching a lot of kids play with Ataris and Nintendos is that our intuition from having grown up among these machines that the thing that you're supposed to do is put the game in and then turn it on right. is the exact opposite of what makes sense to anyone oh, wow. for any object now. And like, because they're cartridges, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're assembling the machine before you turn it on. And, and right. Like and, you're completing the circuit that makes this a video game thing. And putting the cartridge in after turning it on is probably bad. I don't it's think probably not a huge deal. I don't think it's that it's big. It's not of a recommended, deal, yeah. but but I mean, like a toaster, you don't you don't start the toaster and then put the bread in, right? You do if it's designed by Apple, huh? <laughs> Sorry, that was just a meaningless dig at nobody. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, a modern console you can't put a game in without it being turned on. Also, a modern console can't be turned off. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how modern? Like the PS3 turns on and off. Really, or does it just go into some weird standby where you can still load a disc? If you put a disc in, it starts up. Yeah. So it's like drawing some power. It's well, that, it's that's, sitting that's, there thinking about something. Uh, yeah, but almost every that's device with, with the remote the, control some is. kind of electric. That started with a PS2, which has a totally weird like. If you're not accustomed to it, power system where like there's both a power switch and a power button. And you, uh-huh. you can't, yeah, but the power switch is sort of in the back. And yeah. I mean, like all computers are all computers post like 1997 are like that. Too. Yeah. Yep. Right. They have a switch on the power supply that's just straight up interrupts the supply and then a software power switch or not really software, but like quasi quasi software. Yeah. Like you there's, press this and it tries to send there's, a signal. There's to, probably instructions running on a CPU that are looking at that, uh, that button. But it, the OS is able to intercept it. Right. Is the point, like the reason that it is what it is, but yeah. Yeah. I, mm, fucking monitors trying to troubleshoot <clears throat> servers with a crash cart that the monitor is like a modern monitor that won't just be on like green, certified monitors if they're not getting a signal they have to be shut off and so you can't rely on the monitor to be showing you anything the moment that the computer boots 
Oh, wow. So it becomes this insane thing that's like, why did they... Like, I would have just brought my own CRT monitor with me if I had known this was going to be such a hassle. Yeah. Trying to figure out, like, is this machine booting? Or is the monitor broken? I don't know. Are, are the the beep codes still a thing when a computer, like, partially posts... And yeah, but if it's in a stack of computers with a lot of fans running in a in a room with a center, billion yeah. air yeah. conditioners going, like you can't really count on that. Right. But yeah. Man, we should stop doing that. <laughs> Everyone collectively should stop doing that. There should be some sort of, I don't know, a butt that you can put your servers in. I saw an article <laughs> yesterday or not yesterday. A week ago, uh, about, and this was the joke. This guy named Jeff Butt won the NFL tight end of the year. Okay. All right. Uh, and I just assumed that it was a guy named Jeff Cloud and that my <laughs> plugin had made that a hilarious joke. But in fact, it was just a, it was the, just Jesus made us this hilarious joke <laughs> by giving this guy named Butt the skills to be a world class tight end. Is, do, do we know what tight end it means in in that's a football thing, right? Yeah. It, I don't I don't know what a tight end does. Okay. Does, Ties he, up loose does he help the key grip? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that why football players are always patting each other on the ass to check and see to tighten their to ends. See yeah. which who has the tightest end. Who has end. the tightest end? Yeah. I don't think a pat is really going <laughs> to You, you well, need to pat like, is a bounce euphemism. a corner off of it. Right. I played a game called Dr. Langakov, the Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, uh, which is a game by the studio Crows, 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 which is a studio formed by uh, William Pugh, uh, the the guy from the Stanley Parable who was not mm. Davy Reedon. The, the artist, oh, right. the environment artist. The level yeah. designer. And to play that, is it? <clears throat> it cemented my belief that the Stanley Parable and jazz punk are categorically the same genre by mm-hmm. being a game that is like right in the middle of those two games. Huh. I guess it, it. I sort of want to establish. Was it not just part of a beleaguered narrator something? as a genre? <laughs> You know, this jazz is a, punk didn't have a narrator. It didn't. It didn't. But so I'm not, uh, jazz punk would not be in that. But okay, I, that is okay. a kind of game now. The beleaguered narrator game. Sure. Uh, like Bastion. Sure. <laughs> I guess he's less beleaguered and more gritty. But uh, I don't want to say much about it. It plays kind of like a significantly more restrained version of jazz punk with a narrator. It sounds uh, good. It's free, and it takes about 15 minutes, and I don't really know what they're doing. I, th- I thought it was part of an ARG. Mm. So. Mm. I heard that there is poss- potentially more to it depending on when you play it. When, like... During the day? I, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I played it, and then I saw that there were a bunch of achievements that I didn't get that I sort of, like, having gone through it, I'm like, oh, I can see how maybe you would do that. Like, I did not at any point disobey the guy that was giving me instructions. So, I mean, I probably lost some... 
it was it felt a little too long for me to approach it the way that I approached the Stanley parable, which was like, oh, I just want to explore these endings. Right. And it didn't seem like it was going to branch quite fast enough, but maybe it would. I often got the like impatient, please do this because I was just like trying to look at everything in the environment. Like there are a lot of things that there are a lot of like sheets of paper that you can pick up and look at and they're all pretty funny. Um, a lot of objects you can pick up for whatever reason like that you don't really do anything with but anyway i i you have nothing to lose Mm -hmm. by playing it it's funny your time sure but it's only like 10 or 15 minutes well it it sounds like you you spent 10 or 15 minutes but someone might spend an entire lifetime diving into its secrets yeah i guess that's true it's possible that they just keep adding achievements as keep people keep digging yeah, deeper. In between it. shitting in our shower and now that William Pugh made a lifetime's worth of gameplay. Yeah. He didn't really shit in our shower. It's just funny to describe that guy as the guy that shat in our shower. <laughs> I don't think I played anything else other than Fallout 4. Hmm. I, uh, I continued to play an ass load of Bloodborne. Uh, which is super good. I, I am really in love with it now that I have actually managed to start playing it. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm also part of, I think, the reason that I'm liking it apparently is that I have not really messed around with the Chalice Dungeons much. Which, if oh, you yeah. if you follow Gary Butterfield on Twitter, the Chalice, dun- which he, the Chalice Dungeons are an optional part of the game. The, these like procedurally generated uh, dungeons that you can explore and because Gary does a Souls game specific podcast called Bonfireside Chat uh, he he has felt forced to to do everything in this game so that they can talk about everything on this podcast right otherwise and, they're, they're running they're going to run out of content soon yeah well they they uh, they, they seem to continue to find like stuff to talk about in between the games like the yeah yeah they, they did a whole uh they did several episodes on like the the manga berserk that right. that the original one was inspired by partially but anyway, they did one about hp lovecraft yeah yeah there was a shovel knight episode yeah but anyway um yeah the chalice dungeons are just really not good and they're they become aggressively so and they've just really apparently kind of spoiled the game entirely for him which is sad i i I bet i bet they only spoiled it for him for that one day like i've been in moods like that that where i like decide i hate a game and then it's fine in the morning yeah they're they're hmm. they bloodborne i can't stay mad at you yeah yeah (laughs) they did make some mistakes in those challenge with the chalice dungeons though but uh, other than that, um, the only thing I can think of that I played is I played a little bit of the new free-to-play Pokemon Picross uh, on, the, on the advice of uh, uh, our friend David Bass. What uh, platform is that for? 3DS. It's free on the eShop. Okay. And uh, Yeah, they're doing, like, free eShop games now with microtransactions yeah. which feels really weird the to me. The microtransaction in this is weird. I haven't gotten to the part where it where I've where it's, you know, now the microtransactions kick in cuz I'm still in like tutorial phase. But um 
from what I've heard, it's an energy system. So you're limited in how much you can play, you know, how often. But instead of it being based on, like, per puzzle, it's based on per move. So, like, uh. your, your energy depletes every time you tick one of the boxes in the puzzle. Which strikes me as real weird. Hmm. <laughs> but And it kind of creates a perverse incentive for the puzzle designer... Just have all black puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it depends on whether or not it also counts marking an X. Right. Um, but yeah, it's strange. It, you can, if you pay real money for enough energy, eventually it'll say, okay, you have inter- infinite energy now. You you gave us enough money. But I think that price point is like 50 or 60 bucks which is which seems pretty high for a Pokemon Picross game. Yeah. Um but I I mean David like, who does like I don't know who that helps considering like that especially considering that like the part of the point of making free to play games like the 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 reason that business model works is that there is going to be like one person in 100,000 who spends all their money on the game. That is not necessarily true. Yeah. Do you have a do you have an example in mind? Well, KOL. Uh, that's true. That's a I good mean, point. So it's like not, you don't have whales. No, I mean we definitely have, we definitely have people who've spent a lot of money historically, but that is by no means where an appreciable portion of our income has come right. from. Okay, like it is, it, like ah man, energy systems. Yeah, <laughs> free to play mechanics. The mm. the other the other thing it does that that's kind of interesting is that every every puzzle apparently is a pokemon and when you've solved that puzzle you you know you capture that pokemon and then you have like a a a roster like an active party similar to like the way you do an alpha bear so you have like a certain number of slots that you can load your pokemons into and then when you go play a a puzzle each Pokemon that you have with you has its own special power that give you, like, hints in various ways. So, like, one... Uh. Well, it's not mandatory, though. The thing is, it it splits the difference. It, it, I feel like it made it so that they could make a Picross game that little kids could solve because they get lots of extra hints okay. without having to water down the puzzles to the point where a grown-up is not going to enjoy it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So that I, that's interesting, you know. And, and you know, collecting Pokemans, I'm all about did, that. Did so. they come up with 151 different ways to give you hints? I don't know. How many have you seen? Two. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I, I only have just, like, I've done, like, one puzzle that was not a tutorial puzzle so far, so... Did anything interesting happen to you in Fallout 4? Uh, I I stopped playing it to play Bloodborne instead. Mm. I, I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm done with it. I just was super interested in playing Bloodborne. So I'll go back to it after I'm done. I put another few hours in yesterday and I've gotten... <clears throat> it turns out, I didn't realize this, but it turns out that the, the sort of last third of the main plot line gets real new Vegasy in the uh. sense of 
you didn't factions. realize it, but there are all of these factions mm-hmm. and there are all of these ways that you can either piss them off or become friends with them. And yeah. like, there is, like, they you, all you got have to the point where you have to pick one of these four sides, huh? Yeah. But I never understood that I was making that choice. The uh, choice that I wanted to make, I couldn't figure out how to do until I was finally able to like, like the, the guys that I was sort of inadvertently siding with told me to kill some of the guys that I liked and I was just like no and so now I was apparently able to pick the side of the guys that I liked but like I I played along with the institute long enough to make the brotherhood of steel hostile so and then I went minuteman so I have no idea what that means I don't know if I fucked up and now like the railroad and the institute and the brotherhood of steel are all hostile to me I don't think the Minutemen and the Railroad ever hate each other, but I, I can't I can't certify. Does theory. does aligning with the Minutemen make the Brotherhood of Steel hostile to you? I think there is eventually a Minutemen versus Brotherhood fight, but I, I uh, haven't gotten to there myself. Okay. My when I I know this because I have the big strategy guide, and when I when things started to get to this point, I went and looked up all the (laughs) yeah i also all the dependencies so when i realized what was happening i was like all right i need to figure out how to side with the minutemen because that's what i want to do because i'm pretty sure they just want to kill all the institute guys which is now what i want to do too (laughs) and although i found out that apparently that nursing home thing that happened was just a scripted event like that happens to everyone who goes there really and that made me so much less happy about it like and and I was kind of examining why I felt that way. And it's like, well, this was a cool story when it just happened to me. It's not a cool story when it was, like, authored. Right. Like, I liked it as an emergent narrative. Right. But it was, like, as, a, as an authored narrative, it feels kind of ham-fisted. Yeah. I... That's a good trick. If you can trick every player into thinking they discovered a weird glitch that's... Yeah, you can do it by just making your entire game really sloppy. Right, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's... Uh Uh-huh. You've discovered the secret of the the Bethesda secret sauce. Right. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't exactly the same as, like, when I I met that guy in Skyrim to perform the ritual to make me not a vampire anymore, and he (laughs) accidentally had some movement delta and was just slowly floating off into space (laughs) until he finally got too far away for me to talk to anymore, so I was a vampire forever. This oh, is oh, that's so sad. I can just less... imagine that. Oh, <laughs> You're like, but... no, no, where are no. you going? God, oh, no. no. Uh... <laughs> so, I mean, this was like you know less of a less of a clear player story than than that. But yeah, why did they, they knowing that somebody at Bethesda decided that those assholes were going to kill all the cats? made me kind of like well so now you want to kill all the assholes at Bethesda yeah yeah I just want to go faction you were now opposed yeah no I want to go back and play I want to go back and play Fallout 3 so I can go to the Bethesda ruins and just kill everyone that's there like uh, other raiders that moved in to your (coughs) desks right Um, yeah but I when it when it became clear I was like all right I need to figure out how to align with the Minutemen and it was like all right well what you do is you run this network scanner thing and then you take the holotape back to the guy in Sanctuary Hills and I did that and I just couldn't talk to him like I that just wasn't available to me hmm. it wasn't until I like betrayed the institute 
that I got that quest to take that to oh. take that hollow tape to the guy in Sanctuary Hills. And like this was the thing that reminded me of New Vegas. I did a thing I made a single conversation option, which then made it so I failed six existing quests mm-hmm. and four new quests started. Uh. And it was like Okay, well, clearly there was a very important chain of dependencies here that you did not communicate. <laughs> and, like, I feel that's everything in New Vegas was like that. Just too much faction. There was basically not anything that wasn't somehow associated with you choosing a side from among all the factions in this big war that you eventually figured out was going to happen at Hoover Dam. Uh, which is part of why I feel like that is the weakest of the 3D fallouts is because yeah. I don't I mean, want I, to be a part of a big sweeping war narrative. I want to like poke around and find little stories well, about that stuff. And, and I, wanna, I felt like the factions themselves were not very interesting. It, like, they were all like, which one of, which one of these groups of people who were complete dicks to you as soon as you met them, do you want to be best friends with and put in charge of the yeah, entire world? Well, not even, uh, well, that, none of them. The fact that, yeah, this is like kind of how the, I felt about Wasteland too. The the uh, uh, was the Kaiser's Legion were so obviously evil, and then they said to make to try and make it not a strict black and white good evil choice. They throw in this well, you know, the NCR they're really stifling. <laughs> It's like, well, they're not crucifying people, so they're yeah. the good guys. That's not a, that's not an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember hating NCR because I met them first, and I was like, oh, these are just like army assholes. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't in Wasteland Two, playing all the way through it and getting to all the actual factions in the world that you're sort of choosing what you're going to do with, I just found that I did not really know or care about any of them. Mm. Like I was on the side of the Rangers because I was one and I I didn't figure you got the option. Although I guess you can piss them off and go with somebody else. But like, yeah, I, I don't need it to be this like shades of gray. Everything is like, you could just make it. So there are good guys like this is a story for children, right? <laughs> like it's in a lot of ways th- this is like a toy hmm. and not like I don't think that Bethesda games can aspire to serious literary achievement, so just let them be the toys that everyone treats them as and make it so there are some fucking good guys. Yeah. And some bad guys, and yeah. you help the good guys and kill the bad guys. Like, that's I mean, fine. I th- I thought it was nice that the Institute is initially, like, very strongly set up as the bad guys. And, but then once you actually meet them, you realize that most of these people think they're the... Legitimately think they're the good guys and think they're really out to help the human race or whatever. And so, you know, it's a nice... Like, you get that perspective shift and it's like well maybe these guys aren't so bad and it becomes the choices involved once you get to there are a lot more interesting uh, in a way that that it just wasn't when it was the Legion versus the NCR you know and, but it's not even the Legion versus the NCR right it's the Legion versus the NCR versus the boomers versus the cons 
Oh, versus really versus Mr. House versus Yes Man. I just, right, I, I only really remember Mr. House as the third one. Uh, wasn't Yes Man was just choosing nobody, right? Basically, yeah, which is what I ended up doing. Like yeah, that's me too. The, uh, yes, Yes Man was the failsafe for making quests uncompletable. Right, right. Because he was a guy that could, he was like an AI that could jump between bodies, so if you killed him, it could always just spawn another robot that was running the Yes Man program. <laughs> or it could just put him wherever. And I, like, that is how I respond to that kind of, like, moral ambiguity in games is by basically doing nothing. I think the problem with having, trying to tell a um, a morally gray or even emotionally affecting story in fallout games is that so much of the fallout experience is ridiculous bugs and i mean like the rad roaches and the blood bugs and the <laughs> yeah casadors yeah yeah the the ones that poison you and the rad scorpions mm. oh they're so rad the low flies <laughs> rad and ridiculous and i like the revelation though in four that B- what the bloat flies are shooting at you is their own maggots. <laughs> it's like, thanks, that was the twist I didn't really want to know, but that's a little more it, interesting. Did you find out because the screen resolution was now high enough you could see the it maggots? It was a loading screen Yeah, tip. loading screen tells you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> loading screens are now, loading is now slow enough that you can tell. I think we've bored Kevin to death with this Fallout talk. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I'm super interested in the game, but I'm just not going to play it for years. So yeah, you still haven't played Fallout Three, correct? You I, could start playing Fallout Three right now. No, and you should play Fallout Four first, and then go back and play Fallout Three because that would be a really interesting perspective on hmm. what this means. What do you mean? That whether would, whether you, you would think that Fallout Four was better than uh, Fallout Three, or unless, not. not that this is important. Unless like, you're going <laughs> to be a teenager later when you play Fallout Three, in which case that won't right. be a helpful perspective. That's true. If I'm gonna, if I'm if I'm Benjamin Button, right, aging backwards, Benjamin Cloudon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about this assignment? Sure. Sure. Home improvisation. I I I will I will step up and admit that I completely forgot to play it until like when we were in the break between recording these two shows and I was lifting a ham sandwich to my mouth and said, "Oh, wait." <laughs> <laughs> so I watched like 10 minutes of it on YouTube. <laughs> um it appears to be it appears to be just sort of a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle where it doesn't snap your jigsaw pieces to the to where they would like to the angle that they would prefer to go so if you put your table together wobbly you get a wobbly table yeah that's was my experience of it i like my take on this is that it's a game about accidentally making weird 3d sculptures and then decorating your room with them i do There seems to be this cultural undercurrent that I have always assumed was just a joke that putting together Ikea furniture is difficult. Is that a thing that people believe? It's tedious. I think some people 
do. I, I mean, it's I would definitely love possible it. to make mistakes. I would mistakes. hire myself out to put IKEA furniture together. Yeah, for so other would I. Well, I guys are really nuts. enjoy oh, it. It's great. And it's it's it, grown so up Legos. It's Legos game, that your mom won't, won't no. look at you funny for playing. This this game took something that is easy and satisfying and it's like, all right, the video game version of this is going to be difficult and frustrating. Yes. Well, and, you know, just yeah. like Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> right, and Plop. <laughs> I, I, I do think that's what it's going for, is like, the this game is going to be amusing in the w- way in which you fail. Mm. But it's not, like, Goat Simulator, at least I can understand why that's amusing. I can even kind of understand why that fucking game where you're a piece of bread could maybe make sense even though like looking at that it's like okay surgeon simulator is a is a great example actually because like that one because the thing that you're doing is like ostensibly so like hefty (laughs) right it, it, that just it's break it's, out all the ribs. It's one funny that you're just knocking shit over in this place where you're supposed to be really careful to knock shit over. Like this thing, I just don't, I don't understand what the point of this game is. It's early access, right? So I have no idea at what stage of the development the game is currently, right? Um, well, if you even like the free version released a year ago, whatever it was, like if you look at let's plays of that, it's 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 interesting and and amusing in the same way that the the most recent version is, which is just I put together this lamp wrong and now it's a weird spider. I'll put it in the corner. Right. You know that's that's the whole thing. Like right. that's my take on it. I think that's enough. It's, the to fact justify. that it's a multiplayer, I think, has some charm. Yeah, I think that would make it a more interesting. Is it just like couch? Yeah, multiplayer. Okay, it's got co-op, controller, co-op up to four players. controller support. Yeah. Uh, there is, there, did you play anything with like the challenge modes where you're trying to make the tallest things you can? I could, stuff? I was at one point given the choice between form and function and I selected form. Like this game also just doesn't communicate anything it about anything. It tells you what they, they mean. Really? Yeah. Function is challenges and form is decorating your house. Boy, did I not see where it told me that. So maybe I just picked the wrong thing. So function, so, so function is the, like the challenge modes, right? Where, so there's one that's like height and you, uh, are trying to get a statue as high as you can. And so you build a table and you put it on the table and then you, get another sort of more complicated thing with no instructions in a blank box. You don't even know what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> that is surprisingly hard to make a thing without having like an end goal in mind. The, I like the idea of the height challenge is basically the same as the, the flash game tower of goo that became world of goo. Yeah. I was about to and say that like that. It would be pretty neat to see like an elaboration of that where like you're trying to get your blobs across this chasm. So you have to, you have this lamp mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to build a, the lamp such that it'll help, help them get to the goal. Get across, get across the chasm. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I had chosen function instead of form, if I had understood the choice that I was making there, I would have found a thing that I at least understood it was, what it was I was more of a trying game. to accomplish. It was more of a game. Yeah. The, other one, the other one is definitely feels more like a, a simulator or toy and the function is definitely like a, a puzzle game hmm. in some way. Uh, and then the other one was... 
break as many things as you can and you I think you have like cat statues that you're throwing around to break plates and vases and stuff well that one it was that seemed more like a little weird shooting gallery that didn't really fit in the theme of the game at all uh, I yeah I'm curious what they're gonna what their sort of end game is for this like what the plan is because I feel like there's they need to find the fun a little bit more at least if there's a, in the single player player experience it might be more fun with a bunch of multiplayer sort of simultaneous building activities but yeah maybe we could all play it together and see if we enjoy it more yeah i could see that being a thing that's probably not gonna happen though that's probably not gonna happen that's true well, what are we doing for the next assignment? We're going to play River City Ransom. Are you sure we haven't already done this? I'm pretty sure. I think it has been on our list for a very long time, but I don't think we ever actually played it. It is a very, very good game. It's it's for the NES. It is for the NES. I've got things to say about this game. Oh, I'll say them next time. Oh, man, are they good things are they, or are they bad things? Are they barf? <laughs> Generally positive, yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot the sign-off generator. Oh, no. I don't have it open. Uh, guys. Yes. Kevin. Yes. Somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for the listener's mail segment that we do a thousand percent of the time. How would they do it? They would send us an email. And no, then we would be like, we don't read email. You go, you, go, you, go to, you go to Twitter. Yep. And you search for... Kevin. Yep. And then you, you find you find me because I'm the only Kevin on Twitter, <laughs> right? And then I give you the secret code, which is our URL, our uniform resource locator, and that is videogameshotdog.com, where you go and you fill out a form that asks you to ask us interesting questions about video games. Did you have a lot more drinks while I wasn't looking? <laughs> what I want to know is if this form works on the desktop still. Oh, you, fuck yeah, it does. It's, this is a website that I made. It works on everything. It just doesn't look very good on mobile. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, does it the, not look good on mobile? I am guessing that it doesn't look good. I'm guessing that people would look at it and say that it does not look good on mobile. They would say, Zach, this looks like a website from 1995. And I would say, you know what? It works like a website from 1995, which is to say consistently. Video games, hot dog. I think you're supposed to have just like big areas of a single color. And a lot of things are supposed to react to swiping. This is, this is totally serviceable. And there's supposed to be a lot of like ads that pop over everything. And when you go to videogameshotdog.com, what that's supposed to do is redirect you to the app store, uh, (laughs) where you can download game of fire war age. You download the, the app that sends us email. And also figure out why we're still not on iTunes. What do you mean? Oh, because why did we drop off the top 300 or whatever? Yeah, someone do that. Wait, did we never go back? Did we never appear on there again? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked. Oh, man. I haven't been paying attention. Did we disappear from the top 300? I thought we just disappeared entirely. Eh, No, I mean, it's... We're definitely still getting the same number of listeners that we had before, and they're coming to iTunes. All right, figure out what the hell got into my head that I thought we disappeared from iTunes.
I don't know. It was probably that racist thing you said. They probably kicked about us off. Octoroons. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, you guys have had a fantastic time recording episode number 226 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we get our shit together next week well enough to record episode number 227. I, I have faith. It might be a little late, but... It, it, starring Jack Hay. Because <laughs> it's 227, and, and the woman um, who oh. was the... Was it the... Fuck, who was it? The was it somebody from... Maid? Yeah, the Jefferson's Maid. Okay, I was going to say that, but then I thought, no, am I like off by multiple decades was Michael it like the Jordan. Cosby show okay uh, and listeners I hope you'll join us and until you do keep your toes behind the shower and keep jumping over the shower head oh that sounds difficult. tricky yeah yeah that's a good one hmm. well good night everybody I'm gonna be pivoting and, and good luck with that action on my toes yeah <laughs> have a great week everyone later